This is the Dealer Playbook Podcast, episode 15, with best-selling New author. York Times oh, best-selling oh. author, dude. Right, Four right. books in five years, Got it. okay? Yep. I know, I've written more books than uh, some people were reading their damn right. lifetime. Truth. Here we go. You're dialed in to the Dealer Playbook Podcast, where it's all about winning auto dealer strategies that deliver proven results. And now your hosts, Robert Weissman and Michael Cirillo. All right, and you are listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast, episode 15. My name is Michael Cirillo. I'm here with my partner in crime, Robert Wiseman. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't tuned into the Dealer Playbook uh, yet, you need to absolutely go back and subscribe so that you can tune in to all of the information, tips, tricks, and strategies that we are delivering on a weekly basis. The whole idea behind the dealer playbook is to give you real car dealer strategies that deliver real results. And that's absolutely what's going to happen today. Robert, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not much, Michael. What's going on with you, brother? I'm pumped up for this one, man. I, I, I got a prediction. <laughs> Michael is going to be super excited for this episode. Yeah, dude, I tell you what, like every episode is exciting. We talk about this every time, but today, um, you know, and, and I mean, it's really because of you, we were able to wrangle Grant Cardone to be with us four time New York bestselling author, four books. You, I mean, you heard him, he hijacked the intro of this episode <laughs> yeah. and, and we were fortunate enough to sit down with him and it was cool because, you know, like you were saying, Robert, uh, before we, we hit record here. Uh, we, you were able to get him for 30 minutes, but the guy actually ended up spending, you know, a full hour plus with us and he's in rare you know, form on this one. He is rare form and in, yeah, it's crazy. And, and just, he, he's dropped so much information that, uh, you know, if your mind isn't going to be totally blown listening to this episode, I, I don't know what it would take to blow your mind. The strategies, the insights, the power bombs, the nuggets that he's leaving behind in this episode is just so incredible. And, you know, so we, we absolutely want to give a shout out to Grant and express our appreciation for having him on the show today. Um, I don't know about you. I'm ready to just kind of jump into it. it. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, Grant Cardone. Grant, man, thanks for coming on the Dealer Playbook. You for got the it, time. dude. You got it. We got it. Um, anybody, of course, everybody here listening to this definitely know who Grant Cardone is. Uh, dude, if you awesome don't know guy. me, let me just say, Robert, if they don't know me, if you don't know it's who your, I am, it's that, that's my fault. fault. That's my fault. I apologize to everybody that doesn't know me. If you're like, dude, I never heard of this Grant Cardone cat. Look, I apologize. My bad. Okay. Uh, I, I, I want to apologize to you, your family, your church, your community, your children, to, to, to your drug dealer, to whatever you've been, you know, I just want to apologize to you. But Grant, so guys, Grant is taking the time nice enough. The guy's super busy, as you can imagine, but was, you know, granted us the time to sit down. We're going to talk a little bit about, I asked him what topics, you know, he wanted to cover and he really, uh, Kind no, of left I, it up to I, me, but I leave it up back. to you. I leave it up to you. Yes, man. but I like the one you have. About you know what Robert came up with since we started, Michael. Robert came up with. Let's talk about the meet and greet. I did not let's, say that. Okay, Grant. I said no, <laughs> dude. I don't want to talk about that. He's like, let's let's talk about properly qualifying the customer. <laughs> I said, no, now, I don't see, he's like, let, let's, let's talk about Facebook. Let's talk about Facebook, Grant. Everybody knows that that is not true. So Grant is going to talk about 
why salespeople hate their jobs. Most car salespeople hate their jobs. And you know what? It's, it's, that, that, that's, I believe in that 100% because I was there, something that I loved and was passionate about. And at times I hated it. And I saw, I watched a lot of people that, that, that did nothing but hate it. So, Grant, tell me, so why, why do sales pe- most car salespeople hate their jobs? Well, first of all, hate Robert, I want to say to you, I really appreciate your show and what you do on the show. And, and, and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a guy that I, I, I like you, Robert. Uh, and, and I'm, well, I'm going to tell you something that. that you don't know that I'm, I know you've been trying to get me on this show for a long time. And, and, uh, I finally agreed. Do you know why I agreed last week and said, okay, I'll do the deal? Why? Because you were so professional at how you persisted in getting me on the show. This guy, this guy, Robert Wiseman, okay, he had, he's got so many different angles and persisted from so many different ways, and I kept putting him off, and I wouldn't respond, and the guy was professional the whole time, never made me wrong, never said something dumb like, well, you're too busy, man, uh, you, you know, you're too big now, you never did any of that make wrong stuff, dude, you were so professional, and this last time that we talked, you're like, Dude, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on, and it would really help me if you can ever do it. Make the time. I really, you, you just finally like. I'm like, I got to do this for the wise man because I respect man. you. I, dude. I appreciate Love that. You. Thank you. Well, I learn from the best. I learn from the best. Grant, without like you know, just to keep this going back and forth, without Grant, the guy you know, Grant that's here, you guys probably you wouldn't even be listening to me right now. Big part of the reason why I'm even here and you know in this space. So thank you, Grant, so yeah. much. Hey, Grant, you know Michael, right? Yeah. You got my, you know I don't Mike, know Michael, Michael intimately <laughs> like I know you intimately. Yeah. I mean, those two nights you spooned me, I'll never, I'll never forget uh, those, uh, those two nights. Not yeah. part of the show, people. Not part of the show. Yeah. yeah. Do you have explicit on your iTunes category? Uh, no, I don't actually. We will now. We will. Every, no, we haven't gone there Everything yet. I have on my podcast is labeled explicit for a damn yeah. reason. Parental advisory, exclusive, yeah. yeah, explicit content. So, hate their let let us hear let us hear it, man. Tell everybody why they hate their job or the people. Most importantly, the people that that, that they are counting on. Let's take management and dealer principals. They're counting Michael, on what these do you, people. What do you think, to make Michael? Money for what, them. what do you think? Why people? Why why people hate the automobile business? I mean, is that a fair statement that that a lot of people don't like it? Uh, well, you know what? I think there's a lot of people that aren't passionate about a lot of things. I don't know if it's necessarily the car business, but I, I can think of myself. I'm less passionate about things that I suck at. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like you, you've got a, whatever it is, 100,000 salespeople in the country going to work every day, just trying to make ends meet, not really knowing what they need to do to step their game up, or maybe they haven't figured out why they're showing up. And uh, they're they're sucking it up. And so they're not passionate about it. Yeah. They're not enjoying it. You know, I, I know for me and Robert, when you talk, you brought up the topics that we could talk about, I said, you know, you, you, so many topics are covered in this space that you go to these these conferences and conventions and it's how to lease better, how to run a better BDC, how to make more gross, how to convert more. I'm like, when's somebody going to talk about the real shit going on here, okay? What about I hate my damn job, okay? Because all this other stuff doesn't matter. The BDC, the conversion rates, the posts, the social media. Dude, if you hate what you do, look, you just hate what you do, okay? And there's no creativity if you're hating. I mean, you're using so much energy to hate that you can't create. Damn, I sound like yeah. I sound like a, I sound like a Baptist minister now. Okay, Cardonisms. Yeah. So um, you know, I just bought the domain. Yeah, probably. You probably. <laughs> 
<laughs> your net worth is wrapped up in domains. I don't have any money, but I got bustedbroke.com and hoping somebody buys it one day in the future.com. So, so um, you know, the first two years I sold automobiles, I absolutely hated the car business. I mean, I hated it with a passion. I, I didn't like me. I didn't like the people I worked with. I didn't like uh, the manager that I had. I kind of liked the finance guy I had because I could talk him into anything. Uh, but he was so weak. Nice. He, I, I didn't respect him. I liked him. Uh, I didn't like the owner. I didn't like anybody in the place. Okay, and I didn't like myself. And I and I, I didn't like the customers. And I especially didn't like when I told somebody that I was selling cars. That look they got. They yeah, got right? this look of disappointment. Like really, really. Yeah. You mean you went to college to sell cars, dude? I mean, what's wrong with you? You a loser? They all had that look. And, and, and so, you know, if I go back and look at what changed when I was 25, because all of a sudden I fell in love with the car business. I was like, dude, I like this job. And, and it's what Michael said. You know, at 25, dude, I, I became a superstar. You know, and I tell anybody, dude, I became a freaking rock star, in, not just in my store, but in my town. And I was selling more product than three and four and five guys at a time. And and what the switch for me was, okay, if I leave the car business right now, I'm leaving a loser. I'm no better than when I came here. I didn't leave the environment of the space any better. I'm just a critic. Uh, I'm, I, all I did was come in, judge them. You know, it's like walking in somebody's uh, town and saying, oh, it's dirty here. But but And then you litter it. And, and that was me. I, I just kind of taken a dump where I was and not cleaned up after myself. And so I got on some, uh, some training tapes. I was 25 years old and one month. And dude, literally one month later, I was in love with my customers, the environment. I still didn't like the manager because the guy was weaker than freaking Panther, Panther piss that had been diluted by, by some uh, lithium runoff in Santa Monica River. <laughs> the, guy, the guy couldn't, I, I, he could barely button his damn shirt or zip his freaking fly up. He was so weak, okay? I'd bring this guy a deal and this guy would be like, that's not a deal. I said, it's not a deal because you, you still got breath, you still got air in your lungs. I'm going to make it a deal, dog. I don't even know why I came in here to visit with you, you so damn weak. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always going to be that. That's how it is, though. That's yeah. a, that's that's always the way it's going to be. Okay, back up quick, though. Yeah, yeah. Tell, let's let's talk about hating. Why a lot of salespeople hate this, but you know, and you're getting there. But why originally did you get into the car business? Is it because like I hated being unemployed? Do I hated exactly. being unemployed? It's it's uh, it's always, and I've said this before, that like the warehouse is laying off, and people are like, I can always go sell cars until the warehouse yeah. opens back up. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, my uncle told me he's I couldn't get a job. I was in, I had an accounting degree, and I couldn't get a job. My uncle said, Why don't you go look at a car dealership? Literally, had never ever considered working in a car dealership in my life. Never had the thought. Had passed by car dealerships. The only thing I thought about them for was maybe one day I'll have a car. And, and uh, I was broke, dude. I had nothing, okay? I, I mean, I have no money. I don't even have respect for myself. And, and my uncle says, you know, if you go work for a car dealership, you, you could make four or five grand a month. And I was like, what? And get some wheels back then, too. Yeah, and get some wheels like back then, you know? Yeah. And next thing you know, I went to the car dealership and told the guy, I said, hey, I got a college degree. He's like, oh, that's, that's going to definitely, that, that, that's not going to help you here. <laughs> and I said, why is that? He's like, oh, yeah. the less you know, the better off you are. 
I'm like, shit, why didn't you tell me that five years ago? I'd have come over Before here five years. Yeah, yeah. I, if, <laughs> and, and true enough, man, I made like five grand the first month. The next month, I made 1500 You know? Third month, yeah. I wanted to kill myself. Hated the job, hated the people. And, and um, you know, I think people need to understand, it, it wasn't the car business, dude. I could have been in the furniture business, the mortgage business. It's what Michael said. I was no good at what I was doing. And if you're no good at what you're doing, you're going to hate it. It really had yeah. nothing to do with the car business at all. So what you're saying, Grant, is you can actually learn to like what you're doing or learn to love what you're doing if you previously didn't or if you entered it not enjoying it you could grow to like it yeah you know there's a uh, there's a once uh, you get good at it once you get great at it okay you don't want to be because there's plenty of people good at it and and good good you add good to the margins in automobiles in the car business today good means three grand a month it means you're going to be at the poverty line or very close to it. You know, the poverty in this country, there's 48 million people in poverty in this country. Most people don't even know what that means. It means a family of four people living on 23 grand a year. Right. Family of four living on 23,000. Okay. There was a survey that just came out today. 64% of millennials, that group is only 80 million strong. Okay. 64% of millennials would rather make $40,000 a year. And like their job, then make a hundred grand a year and be bored with it. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you, dog? Are you freaking stupid? Are you so self-centered? Are you so selfish? Are you so me, me, me that you'd rather be happy at your job and make 40 grand than be bored with it and make a hundred? And you went to school to get that kind of education? What is wrong with this group of people? That's 30 million people that would rather make less money and not be bored. Well, the reality of that is this. If you're bored with your job, it's because you suck at it. You're not creating on it. You know, you're not figuring out new nuances, uh, how to keep a trick and exciting. And any job can be made exciting, man. Anything can be you can add some freaking juice and greatness to. And, and that's what's really missing uh, from the dealer, the dealer's not asking his people to do that. He's saying, dude, just work a 12-hour day, do what I say, work the 13 steps, and, and, and uh, you know, spend four hours selling a guy, make him feel good about it. I'm going to pay you 50 to sell a $40,000 truck. I need you to follow these people up afterwards, by the way. Follow them up? You follow them up. Shit, I never want to see these people again. I hate my damn job. And my wife hates me, too. Yeah. Because you're not bringing home the bacon. No, no money, man. Dude. Can't do no nothing. money. You know, I come, home, I, I come home and I tell my wife, I'm like, Robert, Robert, Robert Wiseman's like, man, I don't know if I wish I, wish I wouldn't even have done this with him. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> my wife, my, have we started yet? <laughs> my wife i come home my wife you know what my wife asked me today still today dude okay we make any money today <laughs> yeah you know what i'm gonna replay that then for i i got some people in mind i'm gonna replay that just clip right there for so if, if your wife's asking if you've made money then i'm i'm, I'm doing good yeah. i'm doing good i'm normal yeah, yeah. And, and what is wrong with your wife that she's not asking man you know, what, it, what I'm, I'm talking to everybody that's out there listening. If your wife's not asking you, dude, do we make some freaking dough today or not? Uh, no, I didn't make any. Then what the hell are you doing home? 
Why'd you go climb your ass back in our car, drive back over to the lot? They closed three hours ago. Good. Well, you need to go back over there and fish. You know, you need to go over there. Look, I closed more deals when I was 25 and 26 and 27 years old. The store would close at seven. I guarantee you five nights of the week, I would still be there at 11 o'clock doing a deal. You know, I'm looking, man. I'm okay. I didn't bring a deal home yet. So, so what? Stay, stay. Your day off is Wednesday and you're behind the gun and you hadn't done anything this week. Don't take the day off. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to take days off. Go to your dealer and say, I don't want to take any days off, dude. Okay. I I don't want a day off. I want to feed my damn family. I want my kids to be proud of me. I want my wife to admire me and think that I'm Superman. I want sex all the time because I'm such a stud. Okay. Uh, you know what a guy wants? A guy wants a day off. What you want a day off for, dude? You take more time off than God does. So, 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 whose responsibility then? Okay, so obviously you're not gonna, you're gonna hate something if you suck at it. We got you know that's we're there. Whose responsibility is it? Is, is the sales or the the salespeople? Are they supposed to sit around? I mean, is the, it on the dealer? It seems like there's just so many guilty parties because I look yeah. at it as why would the salesperson sit there and and pass up a golden opportunity to to build their own business within a business without half the risk or investment that most entrepreneurs have to make? And then why does the dealer or the principal or the management who is they benefit off of a good salesperson's performance. The more their team sell, the more money everybody makes. So, like, yeah, well, why I mean, it doesn't? Yeah, it's a good question. I've been doing this thirty years. I've been doing this long enough to know that most dealers are not going to invest in their people. Okay, it's just not going to happen. They're willing to pay for the cars. They're willing to pay. You know, they're willing to fund the facility at eighteen million dollars. They're willing to fund. You know, two hundred grand a month in advertising. Dude, they're just not investing in people. It's just not happening. They'll buy a piece of technology. They'll buy a big boat, a plane, another house, a third house, a fifth house. Yeah. You want me and to that send media the, spend, dude? The media you, spend. That what, was just. Uh, dude, you you want me to spend some money on Robert Wiseman? Dang, he ain't gonna even be here freaking three months from now. He gonna quit and start doing radio and some bullshit on iTunes. Okay. <laughs> so, so so why why why? So look, let's just assume that the dealer is not gonna invest in his people. Okay, let's just assume that. By the way, it's not his job to do that. Okay, I mean it'd be a smart thing to do. Uh, you know, even more criminal in this environment is the manager that doesn't invest in the people because the manager's paycheck is dependent upon me more than the dealer. Okay, the dealer's already freaking on the line. All, all his money, everything, his net worth. Dude, he's putting his balls out there every day. Three million at a time, seven million, 17 million, tying stores together, future warranties. He's pulling out the cash from, from, from a, from a deal from three years in advance to fund another Chevrolet store. I mean, that, that's going to ask him to spend another eight million to make it look pretty. But you got a manager sitting there, a general sales manager and a finance manager that don't spend anything, won't even buy their people a tie. To say, oh, my people suck. Of course they suck, dude. You knew that when you hired me. I'm 20 freaking five years old. I got a drug problem. You had to know I had a drug problem when I came in. During the interview, I'm... <laughs> excuse yeah. me, excuse me a second, okay? I mean, look, my, my nostrils are all inflamed and red, right? I'm talking through my face. You, you're not paying attention? Okay, like, you know I got a problem. What, what the hell am I at a car dealership for? This wasn't the first choice. 
So, and then you say, oh, he sucks. You hired me, okay? Now, so that manager who could make 175000 a year rather than one forty, he lost the dream. He's got a wife at home not pushing his ass anymore. His wife so is he saying, hates his job, too. He hates his job. His wife's like, why, 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 why you spend so much time at the dealership? Shit, I'm trying to buy you a new, a new dress, bitch. I'm trying to take care of our freaking kids, one of which I'm not even sure is mine. <laughs> Come on, man. So, Let's keep it real, okay? It's crazy. So, so, pretty much, so pretty much what we're getting at is it's your responsibility. You, dude, the individual. Dude, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you blame. I need to, I need to get my game on, okay? You can quit the car dealership. Yeah. You're going to go to another company, and you know what? They're, you're going to have to sell something there. And, and then you're going to leave there and you're going to be like, I'm going to start my own deal. Oh, that's going to suck too. Dude, you just, you just, you know, this kid, Berg, Bergdahl, Berg, what's his name? Berg, Bergdahl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy that they think he uh, deserted the U.S. Army. Yeah. And everybody's all freaking out about it. Let me tell you something, man. There's yeah. people deserting their post every day in this country. Okay? People deserting their dreams. They desert their families. They desert their customers. They desert the place they work at. They desert by not following up. You know, you got an appointment that doesn't show up and you desert the guy and make him wrong. There's desertion going on everywhere. There's treasonous acts all over America. And we're all pointing at one guy saying he deserted. Well, what about you? What about me? So let me ask you this, Grant. Do you think half of it is, or what would you say percentage-wise is the group of this that uh, um, maybe it's maybe it's caused by a feeling of entitlement like hey i came to work for you you're supposed to be creating opportunities for me versus the the people that maybe are just down on it you know they've had a series of bad luck or whatever you want to call it somebody's stolen their dreams they don't know why they're doing what they're doing do you know what i'm getting at i mean yeah there there's there's certain people that are going hey well i work for you you need to do this for me there's other people that are just maybe down on themselves cuz they've had a, a string of just nothing happening or nothing going for them yeah uh, i understand all those scenarios you know i mean there's bad things happening to people everywhere i mean there's some guy in india today that you know his family won't see $2300 all year man it's a family of six and they they eat rice three times a, a day i mean there's all kind of hardships all over the world. There's some single mother somewhere. It's got two kids. You know, her husband, Robert Wiseman, walked out, uh, left, left the two kids. The mom. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have her number? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so let, let me ask out. you this. Let me ask you this. How, how, I mean, how does one – are we saying – Look, don't keep jumping around trying to find something that you're passionate about. Learn to become passionate about what you're doing. Dude, I, I wouldn't even worry about the passion in the beginning, okay? I, I, look, you got to get good at it. If you, you're going to keep getting beat in your game, you're not going to get passionate. I mean, getting passionate for, you got to get educated, right? I got to, like, hey, man, maybe I need to read a book, man. Maybe I got to read something. Maybe I got to listen to something. You know, it's like you're listening to something already. It's not like that's a new activity. Okay, what are you listening to? Like, like people, no offense, but you're going to listen to this podcast. The podcast is out of sequence. You know, so a guy leaves and thinks, oh, I'm getting training because I listened to this podcast with Grant Cardone. Dude, you're listening. You're out of sequence. You need education, which is a sequence, right? You're getting dropped into webinars, podcasts. Uh, you're reading a blog here, a strategy over here. I mean, this is the other level of learning. The guy thinks he's deluded to thinking he's learning. He's just getting all this stuff thrown at him. He's going to this conference. It's and supplemental. 
Yeah, dude. It's like, oh, wow, I'm going to get a little drop or drip today. But you need an educational pathway. They did a study of kids. These are six-year-old kids watching. They put half of them in a room just watching a TV program that was educational. And then the other half in a TV in a room with toys and an education. Okay? Now, who, who do you think comprehended the most? It's probably the kids with the toys. Yeah. Well, it was the same, actually. It was exactly the same. The toys did not distract (laughs) from from the education, okay? Now, when they did it out of sequence, all of a sudden, everything plummeted. Okay, it would be like example of out of sequence. Out of sequence would be like you come to the dealership and I'm going to teach you how to sell a car. That's out of sequence. Okay, most trainers teach out of sequence. Let's teach somebody how to sell a car. Uh, You missed a small step. What is selling? What is selling anything? Why am I talking about selling a car? Dude, I hate sales. Okay. I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to be a salesman. Teach me how to sell a car. It's out of sequence, right? Or I'm going to teach a guy about the product and I haven't taught somebody about a person. So, So that's out sequence too, right? I'm going to teach him the steps to the sale as opposed to, hey, let me just teach a guy how to like, you know, what we're doing here. What is the mission of this company? You know, so, so it's like out of sequence, right? I'm going to teach a guy chemistry, but I haven't taught him basic science yet. I get what you're saying. So that's why, you know, I've been blamed. And it's probably true that, you know, my, like my seminars, one of my seminars, Information Assisted Selling, that I used to do years ago, that really got me known it was a very much out sequence seminar. It was out sequence. It was extremely advanced. Okay. Because, uh, and what happened, and I've never actually said this on, on podcast. Have we started yet? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, so, uh, you know, I've never said this in, in, in any kind of interview, but, but that seminar was out sequence because the seminar was actually made for dealers. To get the dealer, this was 20 years ago, and I was talking at that time about the information age, and I was basically predicting the future and saying, look, you're going to go to price payments, down payments, and figures on the trade-in. You need to offer that verbally on the phone. You need to offer a point of contact. When I say today, everybody nods their head. 20 years ago, they were like, no, 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 dude. Hey, get him out of here. Well, that presentation, I mean, I got my share of the business, but that presentation was created for dealers to get the attention of dealers, but the only way I could sell it was to go to towns all across America and bring the circus to town, right? P.T. Barnum's coming to town. Got an elephant. Okay, got a big elephant. Takes a big dump. Okay? And, and, and so we would go to town, and then who, who are we going to invite to the seminar? Anybody that would buy a ticket, dude. Okay, so I got a salesman with three days in there, three months in there, three years. People are like, we got some new people here. Dude, I, there's people in this room with 27 years what they're about to get is a lot of new. And so, so it was out sequence, right? So that's why people walked away and said, Cardone's really complicated. You know, it's, I got to go do Joe because Joe's simple. Boom. All right. Wow. I mean, that guy is jacked up, man. All right. So basically, that's all the time we had for uh, this today. Next week, next Thursday, uh, you can tune in same time, same channel, thedealerplaybook.com for the conclusion and the second half of our sit down with the man, the maniac, 
Grant Cardone. Make sure to head over to the dealerplaybook.com to uh, access anything, any notes, anything discussed in today's episode. Uh, make sure to check out any of the previous ones if you haven't already. And again, uh, download on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you like to get them. Go get it. And make sure you're here next week for the conclusion of our sit down with the man, Grant Cardone. We'll see you next time.